Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Ann Sari and Conchetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. show. It's great to have all of our heart-centered listeners joining us again for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. As we explore our own inner wisdom that arises through our own life journey of self-discovery and expanded awareness. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, and I'm delighted to introduce our featured guest today, Flicka Ron. Flicka is an internationally known vocal performer, recording artist, teacher, published composer, and author. She's also a distinguished academician. She was a member of the music faculty at Texas A&M University Corpus Christi for 22 years and has served on the faculties of Brandeis University in Boston, the Boston Conservatory of Music, and University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio. She holds a master's in music education from Texas State University and a master's in science in guidance and counseling from Texas A&M Kingsville. Her art songs for soprano and piano have been published in the Southern Music Series, Art Songs by American Women Composers, and her book, the Transformational Power of Sound in Music, co-authored with Tammy McCrary, is a recent Silver Award winner in the Living Now Awards IPPI Spiritual Healing category. She and her co-composer, Daniel Wyman, performed throughout the U.S. and Europe as Icaros, a duo of keyboard, percussion, crystal singing bowls, and voice. They have two CDs available on all music platforms, Chakra Soundscapes and Hymns to Gaia. In addition to her professional career as a musician, she is a sound therapist at the Integrative Healing Institute in San Antonio. Flicka, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Carol. My gosh, did I do all of that? I'm exhausted. You have a fascinating background, and I have a feeling that's just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, You're so kind to have invited me on and given me the opportunity to kind of share what I've learned in my journey. So I appreciate that. Well, we've got a lot to cover, and I'm really looking forward to digging deeper into what you're doing today and, of course, the story behind it. But first, I know that you have had some significant spiritual experiences that have helped you to discover more of really who you truly are. 
Can you take us back in time where things began to unfold for you? And, and maybe it was just a series of things, or maybe it was one event that really helped you to kind of get on this path that you're on today? Well, I can recall as a young child, kind of the first awareness I had that who I thought I was, maybe I was something much more expanded and connected to nature. I was in Texas uh, where I was born and laying on the sidewalk. I guess I must have been about six, probably six or seven. And I looked up at the sky and I knew that I was part of that in some kind of way that a six or seven-year-old would understand. But the moment is so clear in my mind that it must have been like a some sort of a massive awakening. So that began. And then, of course, I've always been connected to music. Both of my parents were professional musicians. My mother played with the Philadelphia Orchestra and also the one in Corpus Christi as a violist. And my father was a violinist as an advocation. He was more of a scientist, and that's the way he supported us is through the chemical research. But music then became this magical portal for me to experience something that was past the the plane of reality. It was a magic place, and it's continued to be that. And so the second huge awareness I had was after my uncle's funeral in Philadelphia, and I was in my car driving by myself, and I was listening to the Pachelbel Canon. And if any of your listeners know classical music, it is truly a exquisite piece of orchestral music. And I felt something was shifting. And I felt at that point, I was surrounded in this tube of white light. I pulled over to not have an accident on the Connecticut Turnpike. And there I was in this tube of light for I, I don't know how long I was there. I, I was getting a download of kind of my path forward. And it was, I never wanted to leave that place. It was so beautiful. It's almost like when people have near-death experiences and they say, I don't want to come back. But, and it was kind of like that for me. But I did and knew that I had something that I was encouraged to share. And it was a combination of this deep spiritual journey, which I had a taste of, and music. Then many years passed, and I continue to teach students voice and help them discover this deeper awareness of who they were past the drama and the ego, where music can take you. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that I was not really finished with my own journey, I made a commitment to look at anything within myself that would be holding the light back or take up space where love could dwell. And so that meant revisiting my childhood and looking at everything in my life up to that point to see what needed to be loved, really. And because love can return everything to a place of peace and calm, almost that zero point where you just are suspended. So I did that. And with some help and guidance from many much wiser women than myself, I knew that I needed to experience this 
plant medicine because my sister-in-law in Mexico, she, my brother married an incredible, beautiful Mexican citizen. Uh, she's also a singer. Mm. She offered this experience to me and I certainly took it. And then after that, seeing that there was great benefit in those journeys, I went to Peru and spent quite a lot of time with the a shaman in Peru and went into altered realms in which I was really schooled on sound and what that can do. And I actually was blessed enough to see with my physical eyes to see sound wafting in the air through the beautiful songs of the shaman, which are called Icaros. And so therefore came the name of what Daniel and I tried to create because my directive from that spirit in the plant, the ayahuasca plant, was to present this energy through music that he and I would compose Mm. so it would be acceptable to the Western ear, not solely for people who came to Peru, so that it could be more widely disseminated, this incredible energy. So that's what we have done in these two CDs. Mm -hmm. And that led to all this research as I began to look at all of the healing music worldwide and throughout history to see, you know, what are the common elements here? Why did the shamans use that? There has to be specific reasons why all of that worked for people who were ill or needed help. And what did you find out? Well, First of all, I went into history and I looked at the music. Certainly, we we don't have recordings, but we have uh, written explanations from the Asclepian temples in Greece and the Greek modes that were used, which were pentatonic scales, and what they offered people, which was centered around the creative arts. So then it seemed to me like, you know, anything creative or beautiful has to be healing. So that's what I gathered. And then I looked at the Indian ragas and how the ragas are used for different times of the day as the energy from the sun progresses through the 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And the use of the drone and the tambura as that is kind of a blanket that would last throughout an extended chant. And then the chants are very repetitious uh, in melody. The melodies are not long. At the repetitious, so that the mind can kind of let go and not have expectations. So, what started to turn up was the way the mind entrains to all of these different kinds of healing music. Then I look, I looked at uh, North American Indians, South American Indians, the drumming traditions uh, throughout the world, Ooh. and how those are kind of forced entrainment how people go into trance in, say, the Caribbean islands and in Haiti through repetitious movements and heavy drumming. So all of that led to all of these different elements that I kind of absorbed, and Daniel and I talked about them. Then how can we come up with music that maybe would reflect these different elements? Also looked at the Gregorian chant and how there is no no bar lines or no specific rhythmic figures, Mm. again, so that the left brain has to give up with expectations. At that point, people can go into a much more calm brainwave state where we know healing is. So I really studied the brainwave states in seeing 
from many different wise people writing now. Bruce Lipton has been one of my mm-hmm. go-tos in his books, the, the Biology of Belief, and Greg Braden. I've looked at all of his wisdom. Mm. All of that combined with my own experience at singing as a professional soprano, singing in all of the different religious traditions, understanding what impacted me and what music touched my heart because I knew that anything healing must come from the heart. And so live music has much more of an impact on us than recorded music because it's compressed. Not to say that it doesn't have an effect, because it does. Mm -hmm. But live music is the exquisite point at which people can start to really feel their own energy as they're in that web of sonic magic that happens in live music. Isn't also the energy of just being there physically versus the recorded music that has uh, such a profound effect? Absolutely. Or a better effect? Definitely. Because what happens is that once once I or I and Daniel or I and any other group of colleagues who are creating the music, we then, because everything is one anyway then we all become this kind of matrix of enhancement. An audience's energy affects me very deeply. Then I kind of do a reflection as I absorb and I become sensitive to what's going on in the audience. Mm. Now, it's much easier to do that with improvised music, which Daniel and I do, rather than the music that is written, you know, that I'm reading off a score with an orchestra or music that is already written down. It's just a whole different experience, not to say one is worse than the other, but for me, having done so much in my career was reproducing the music from other composers, and I always open myself up to kind of anything they want. If they wanted to hop in and say anything to me from, you know, another realm, I was open. But when Daniel and I are doing our improvisational performances, which all of them are, it's a different experience. And the audience definitely has a part in the whole musical experience that we all enjoy together. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that a lot of what you're doing is really creating a doorway for others to experience other aspects of themselves. Can you share more about that and the kind of new kind of meditation chakra pitches that you all have been doing? Sure. Our first CD was Chakra Soundscapes, in which we built each of the tracks on the resonant pitches of each of the chakras. And I want to say that different traditions have different pitches that they feel is the resonant pitch of the chakras. But I went with what is most widely accepted, like the note C is the root chakra. And certainly, if you and I are walking around that does, you know, together, you know, my C and my root chakra may vary from time to time and yours as well, especially given if we're in an environment of being connected to Mother Earth, the root chakra is stabilized. But there are times when it it is not because of the environment, which, you know, in some of our environments are really toxic. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do and what I was kind of directed to do was to offer the different frequencies, resonant frequencies of each of those chakras with the crystal singing bowls and very, very slow moving harmonies of 
Daniel, and then I'm forming a kind of a melodic, very slow-moving thread through each of those harmonies, and then playing my crystal bowls at the triad built on the resonant pitch of each of the chakras. So you're getting what we know is intervals that are calming, peaceful, and grounding, because each of the intervals has a different effect on us as well. A major third is up to the major fifth, which reflects the major triad of each of the keys, feels and sounds to a human's ears very calming and very stabilizing. There are some intervals that actually during the medieval period were called the devil's intervals, and that was the fourths because it's a very dissonant interval. They didn't allow any compositions to have that devil's interval, but, you know, I throw that in a lot and then resolve it. So it's that tension release, tension release that we've done that all the time. In yoga, they'll say, okay, tighten all your muscles up really, really hard. Now really relax. And when you really relax, then you go to even a deeper place of calm and relaxation. So kind of use that same theory when we do our our composition. But I want to talk a little bit about the magic of one note, and that is F sharp. F sharp has been shown to, within its geometric fingerprint, uh, are you familiar with the study of cymatics? A little bit, yes. Okay, cymatics is, cyma is the word for wave in Greek. So cymatics was actually coined by a man by the name of Hans Jenny or Yeni in the 1950s as he was building on some earlier discoveries of a German physicist whose name was Ernst Chladni. And Ernst discovered, this in the 1700s, that if he took his viola bow and pulled it along a brass plate with sand on it, he would see these beautiful patterns emerge. Right. And using different mediums and different weights of uh, material on the, on the plate, he came up with a lot of different patterns, uh, which then began to mimic what he saw as the patterns in the back of a turtle or the patterns in a cheetah's fur. And you can go online and look up cymatics and a whole new world would open up to you because you start to see the patterns in our natural world. So then Hans Jenny built on that, mm-hmm. and he came up with the word cymatics, which revealed then, as he began to really come up with more sensitive ways of reflecting sound, mm-hmm. he found that if he did it in water and introduced sound to water with particulates in it, he could see in a three-dimensional form these uh, different patterns. Oh, wow. So this is actually what is happening right now while I'm speaking is my voice is creating all these patterns that are forming in the field around my body. And when you listen to music, the patterns are being formed in your body. But F sharp, as we know, it carries the platonic solids, which are the sphere, not the circle, which is two-dimensional. And then the cube, and not the square, which is two-dimensional. But we go through all of these platonic solids, and all of those are represented in the cymatic shape that is formed by the F-sharp pitch. So I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. 
that's a very healing pitch to hear. And on on the first CD, Daniel and I represent that in a track. And actually, it is called the high heart chakra or the thyroid. Mm. And that really is a portal to the field. Yeah, so your listeners can can hear that if they want to go to iTunes and just look up Chakra Soundscapes by Icaros and hear it themselves. But I use it in my sound therapy practice with clients with headphones and then have them lie down and really deeply go into the place where it takes you. Very peaceful, very beautiful, very loving. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are there different effects between vocals and instruments on people as far as healing? Well, I do think so. Clearly, the voice carries the intention of the person speaking or singing or vocalizing or toning. And we know how powerful intention is. When we hear voices that that you want to move away from, you can probably question the intention behind the vocalization and the intention of a loving person in, heard through their voice is very healing. Like you and I were talking, I was saying how beautiful your speaking voice is and how I can sense the intention behind it is is very loving, very compassionate. And so that's very healing for people as they just listen to you speak. With an instrument, it's powerful as well because the sound of, say, a a violinist whose heart is open, their body is resonating with the sound that they're creating through their violin. So you can sense that. Mm. But again, I think the most powerful instrument is our voice. It's the most direct. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that also there's something around this 432 Mm -hmm. hertz versus 440. Maybe you could share a little bit more around that. I would love to. Absolutely. So let's just go back in history a little bit. We have not had the technology or the measuring instruments until the mid-1800s to measure hertz. And hertz is another word for cycles per second. So when someone says to me, well, the ancient, these ancient tones at this hertz, Mm. I mean, I think that's a lovely idea, but there's no way we know because there was not the technology to measure that. So we don't know exactly what Bach wanted his orchestras to tune to. Because if you can recall, when you go to an orchestra concert, the oboe is the first one to get up and he plays his A, his A, which now is tuned at 440 hertz, cycles per second. And then the entire orchestra tunes off of that oboe so that all of their relative pitches, like their G and their C, is all relative to his A at 440 hertz. Mm. Um, That's where that comes from. And that's an A. And we know that the French orchestras did not like that. They wanted, so this was later in the 1800s where we we did have the technology. They wanted 444 hertz, which is higher. So that makes it much more difficult for singers. But Verdi, who was this great opera composer, said he does not want his singers to endure <laughs> those, those frequencies. He wanted his orchestra tuned at 432 hertz. Well, that has to affect our, our vibrational 
energy pattern something. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm. No, it does because that is the natural tuning. So we look at, at we, and you can go and see the different cymatoscope uh, examples of A at 440 hertz and A at 432 hertz. And you will see that the 432 hertz A is much more ordered. It's much more intricate. So it is reflecting our natural tuning. And as we know, that it also then can carry the natural shapes of our world because we are fractals of the natural world. Humans are. Mm -hmm. And so we carry that in our bodies. Uh, All of my instruments are tuned to 432 hertz. Okay. All of them. And Daniel as well. And all my crystal bowls are 432. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the crystal bowls. So they're all 432. They're all tuned to 432 hertz. Yeah. And when they hear the two examples, and you can find this on YouTube, you'll say, oh, the other feels like I'm, I'm a little bit more anxious. Mm-hmm. But when I listen to instruments or music tuned to 432 hertz, it's much more relaxing. You can let go. You don't have to build up some sort of a defense because it matches you. So how does this all interweave and impact us particularly in this modern age of music, and we've got so much music out there. Share a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, let me go a little bit back into history here to uh, World War II. Okay. And this is it's pretty well accepted as truth. I'm just going to share it. You know, people can look up and research this on their own. But I do know that the music that was played during World War II in Germany was tuned to 440 hertz. And that Goebbels, who was Hitler's propaganda master, made sure that all of the music to the German people was tuned up to that. And what that does is it creates anxiety as you listen to it. And he wanted everyone off balance Mm. because people are easier to control if they're off balance and they're not feeling stable and safe. And what we know now is all music since 1950, which it was then decided by some dark actors, let's just say that, that that music needed to be at 440 hertz. And so that is what you hear on the radio. Oh my goodness. Then also we know that there are things that are being added uh, into the lower frequencies that tend to control the listener. And that's also, you know, the conspiracy stuff. So again, do your own research. But I tend to think so. I don't listen to popular music at all. If I listen to anything, it's classical or other composers and music that I really love. And I feel that it's healing music to me. I'm just not going to subject myself to that. And a friend of mine who's really a forward thinker, her name is Tammy McCrary, is trying to waken up the popular artists today to say you have a huge responsibility to try to create this world of love and compassion because certainly, hello, this is not working the way we've been doing it. And more and more of them are waking up and saying, oh yeah, I do have a responsibility to put out only music that helps people and not try to control them. So yeah, it's, it's moving forward slow, but surely. Exactly. Well, I also know this through my counseling is that I listen to a lot of the, I, not a lot, maybe just one second, <laughs> of the heavy metal music 
And I had a, an acquaintance, a young man, who was very much into that, but he was also a very disturbed individual. This is through my counseling. And that he almost needed that chaos so that externally, so that he felt more ordered inside because what he was was chaotic inside. So I understand how some people can say, well, I like it. It makes me feel good. Well, it's it's like if you if you do something to harm yourself, I'm speaking here a little bit in ways that, that maybe your audience can understand, they feel better after harming themselves. It's because it's external and not internal pain. So that's also in the mix. So what is on the horizon for you now? I know you've got I think you've got a couple of other projects that you're working on right now. Can you share a bit more about what you're working on? Sure. Sure. I'd love to. Daniel and I are, are recording a new CD next week. And on this CD, I have really felt a deep Pleiadian influence and have started to open myself up to channeling what I feel is a very loving message. So we are beginning to channel that energy as well as the energy from Peru. And it may not be the, it may not be different at all, maybe exactly the same. So this new CD is going to have a lot of that new energy and vocalization that happens when I kind of put myself in a place where I say, okay, we're ready. Whatever you want to pour through us, we're ready. So we're doing that. And it also has what we have composed this thing called the Fibonacci Spiral Symphony using the numbers wrapped into the Fibonacci sequence, if you're familiar with that. It's the spiral, and it's it's the math that's behind that spiral that we see all over mm-hmm. our natural world and ourselves. Uh, but we translated that to pitches, uh, musical pitches. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So we are now representing that spiral in sound. So that's very exciting. This is phenomenal. Yeah. No, no one else has done that. No. Wow. How exciting. Yeah. So that's that's coming up. And we are also collaborating with a very fine singer, songwriter, producer in Houston to do some work that they might be able to use in popular music. So we're trying to layer in some of this more healing sound into the popular music. So that's coming up. I, don't, I have no idea where that's going. I'm excited because this is really my life's work is how can I help people understand who they really are? And the way for me, uh, people do it in different ways, but for me, it's through sound. And also Daniel is extremely dedicated to this vision Mm. of changing things through what we offer. And, uh, you know, people are ready when they're ready. Absolutely. And it's taken a journey of many years for you to even get to this point to be able to offer this to the world. It takes time and it's all part of the process of unfoldment for each of us. I'm really excited for you and I can't wait to hear that next CD. Gosh, I'm wishing you the most success with that. Anything else you'd like to share at this point before we wrap some things up? I'm just, I can't believe I'm alive at this time. I really feel this huge awakening coming and it's already coming and it's already here. And there's just huge numbers of people who are now totally aware of, of who we really are. And it's, 
just makes me really happy. And yeah, and, and just be careful not to, you know, get caught up in all the drama externally if we tap into our inner being and stay connected to that, we can push through and even help usher in others into this more expanded awareness of who we are and what we're all about and why we're here. And we're, we're all here on, on this journey together and we're all connected. We just, many people just don't realize that uh, because they're, for lack of a better term, just not, not quite awake yet. They're not ready. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We, we always have our hands open yes. to help anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have one, you know, maybe just one final question, because I know that, that music is your life and it's just evolved for you in many ways. And that's probably what is, I would imagine, the one thing that really lifts you up. If you had a genie in the bottle, and let's just say that genie is your inner genius, and you had only one wish, what might that be? I only had one wish. Well, it's hard to put in words. It's just a world living in harmony with, with Gaia, with our with Mother Earth and, you know, just joy and expansion and beauty and love that that we're all able to tap into that. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, and that's what you're doing with your life's work right now and with the partnerships that you have forged. I'm so excited for the work that you're doing, and I'm so excited to get this message out to my listeners. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today to share what you're doing, because you really are creating a bridge for others for healing and expanded awareness and really elevating ourselves into a state of unconditional love. Absolutely. It's been so pleasant and wonderful to speak with you, Carol. You're just delightful and doing a beautiful thing with with your life's passion. We're all doing our part. <laughs> yes, we are. So thank you once again for joining us. And I'll say goodbye to our listeners today. Just want to thank you for being here and joining us again and tuning your hearts in for a experience of a guest interview here so that we can learn more about ourselves and expand our own awareness through what we offer here on our podcast. Be sure to also check out Flicka's website. Flicka, what is your website? It's just flickaron.com. It's just my name. Okay, flickaron.com. And do you have any social channels that you're on that you want to share? I'm on Twitter, and it's just Ron Flicka, at Ron Flicka. It's just backwards. And then I have a Facebook page, just my name, Flicka Ron. Terrific. And people can find your book, your latest book, which is The Transformational Power of Sound and Music. Is that also on your website? Yes, it is. And it's on Amazon. All you have to do is put in my name and it will come up. Okay. And we'll be sure to list your uh, all of this in our show notes and the current CDs that you have, Chakra Soundscapes and Hymns to Gaia. And we'll make mention of your newest CD that you're going to be recording and where they can, they can go to your, your website to find out more about that. Right. Terrific. Yeah. So wonderful to have you. And also to all of our listeners here, we'll let you go. Just thank you again for tuning your hearts in and we will see you on our next episode. Bye for now. 
We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.